Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. I don't like to see people with their Bibles. You know why? The, the, he calls your Bible the sword. And the sword's going to kill whatever needs to get, done, get out of your house, you know. It's going to take care of things, right? And so say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Tonight I'll be taught the Word of God. My heart is receptive. My mind is alert. I won't leave here the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I was praying, just spending my time with the Lord, you're going to focus right here, okay? Right here. Don't worry about anything else. Everybody's fine back there, so don't even worry about it. Um, as I was uh, just spending my own time with the Lord, he said this to me. He said, I long to do for you beyond what you could ask or think. Beyond what you could ask or think. You know, I'm like, oh, yes, Lord. I know you want to do things for us. And so let's look at, let's open our Bibles tonight to Ephesians chapter 3. And we're just going to go over, I just want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you that God wants to do beyond your highest dreams. Now, I took that phrase, well, I read that, and then when I went to go read Ephesians 3.20, that comes straight from Ephesians 3.20. So we're going to read Ephesians 3.20. Say amen when you get there. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you're in church tonight? All right. Came with your heart, ready to receive. Amen? To take in all that God has. We're not going to leave here the same. We're going to renew our mind tonight. That's what happens when you sit under the word. You're encouraged, but also your mind is, uh, you know, you, when you're out in the world, you can start to think a lot like the world. Yeah. Even when you're a Christian, and it's so important to be in church so that we can keep our minds renewed. Obviously, you're doing that at home on your own, right? But Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So in the New King James, it says, He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, if you have the Amplified Classic on your device, you can look at this. If you don't, um, you can just listen to me. But it says, Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, God's able to carry out his purpose, do super abundantly, far over... Say far over. far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, we're good, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Say dreams. dreams. Beyond our highest dreams. That's what it says right there in the Amplified. Amen. And as I was just, you know, talking to the Lord today, he said, you need to dream bigger. You need to dream bigger. You know, a few years ago, the girls and I went to, um, I call it the homeland. It was Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Not really. I, I probably was there when I was a kid. But I always wanted to go. They were having the uh, a Believer's Convention there. And so uh, the girls and I went. And we landed at DFW. That's the Dallas-Fort Worth um, airport. And so it's the smaller airport. I think there's another one there. And so when we landed... I was like, oh, this is cool. We're in Texas. And then I thought, I don't know why everyone loves Texas. But anyway, but we were in the airport, and as I walked into the airport, up on the wall, 
it said, big things happen here. I thought, that is such a good confession. I knew I loved you, Dallas. You know? <laughs> Big things happen here. You know, Oral Roberts used to say, something good is going to happen to me today. And he would open up his show by saying that. And he was, you know, really persecuted because people would be like, ministers and preachers would say, you can't tell people that. You can't tell people that God's going to do something good. And he would say, well, why not? And the preachers, other preachers would say, because they're going to get their hopes up. Right. Well, guess what? God wants you to get your hopes up. He wants you to dream bigger. He wants you to have, you know, exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. He wants more for you than you want. Do you know, he also said this to me. We were just having a grand old time today, me and the Lord talking. He also said this. You know I love your family more than you do. Oh, oh Jesus, you're so good. <laughs> because I love my family. I love my kids. I love my sisters. You know, just something special about family. And so when he told me that, I'm like, wow. You know, God loves us more than we love our own kids. He loves your kids more than you love them. He wants to do more for your family than you even want to do. He has things that you can't even think of. Like you've had some thoughts like, oh, we could do this for our family. Our family could do this and that. And God's like, oh, no, I have way better. I have way higher than that. So we have to realize God wants the highest and the best for us. Amen. I'm going to do the offering at the end, guys, so you guys can sit down. They are so faithful back there with the buckets. My goodness. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Faithful servants will abound with blessings. So, so as I was listening to the Lord, he said, beyond your highest dreams. And then he said, this is what it's going to take. I said, yes, Lord. He's like, are you going to get out your journal? Oh, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. You know, because if you don't value what God says and write it down, then he probably won't speak to you very often, right? When you value something, you write it down. And then you go back and look at it. And he said, it's going to take three things. Love. Say love. In other words, you've got to keep all strife out. You've got to avoid strife. Guess what that means? Pretty much most of the time, you've got to keep your mouth closed. All the women said, amen, pastor. Actually, all the men said, that's right, pastor. You've got to keep your mouth closed. When you want to say something, I learned this when I was little, just because you think something doesn't mean you have to say it. Let me just say that again. I used to tell my kids that all the time. Just because you think something doesn't mean you have to say it. So, number one, it's going to take love, right? Uh, number two, it's going to take unity. There's power when a husband and wife come together. It's going to take unity between the spouses, right? But it's also going to take unity with God. That means coming in agreement. So the Bible talks about where two or more agree in Matthew, where two or more agree is touching anything on earth, it shall be done. When Tom and Rebecca get together in unity, they're staying in love, they're keeping all strife out, guess what? The sky's the limit. Amen. Let me tell you that again. The sky's the limit. There is no limit to what God wants to do for us. There is no ceiling. I said, there's no ceiling. Well, I can only go this far. No, God wants you to go f uh, way above that. Way above what you could even imagine. And guess what? You can probably imagine some great things. 
right? I can imagine some wonderful things. God wants to do more for you than that. Why? Because he loves you. So number one, you got to stay in love. Number two, why do we have to stay in love? Faith works by love. Number two, I'm so glad you sat here because I'm going to use you as my example. <laughs> Number two, unity. You have to stay in unity with each other when you're married. Um, and then with God. That means you come in agreement with God. When he tells you to do something, you do it, right? Amen. Because that's how he leads you into more. Say, that's how he leads me into more. When I obey him. And the third thing, it'll take is faith. You got to have faith. What does that mean? You have to believe that God loves you. You have to believe that God loves you so much that he wants to do amazing things in your life. He wants to do a miracle in your finances. He wants to do a miracle in your kids. He wants to do a miracle wherever you work. He wants to take your hands. The Bible says he'll bless the work of your hands. He wants to give you favor with with any any man or woman that you run into amen Amen. so it's going to take love unity and faith so we're going to look at some verses today amen uh let's turn to numbers 23 numbers chapter 23 verse 19 so it's going to take faith and we're going to kind of focus on that one area it's going to take faith for you to believe even when you've messed up even when you're not perfect Because nobody is perfect. No human is perfect. If you're looking for the perfect guy, you're never going to find him. If you're looking for the perfect woman, you're never going to find him. Those are only on the soap opera. Those are that's only on TV, right? That's not reality. If you're looking, yeah, but Bobby gives her roses every night. Well, who's Bobby? He's the guy on, you know, Another World. Well, that's a soap opera. That's not reality, right? So if you're looking for the per- God's not looking for you to be perfect. He is looking for us to mature, yep. to grow up, to walk in love, to go from glory to glory. In other words, we're maturing. We're not staying yeah. the same, right? If we make a mistake, you know, when your kids make a mistake, you're like, hey, get it right. Don't do that again, right? right? God's how God is. Hey, don't do that again, yeah. right? Okay, Lord, please forgive me. I won't. And you just ask God, God, please forgive me. I'm not going to do that again. But he's not going to hang it over your head, yeah. Right? You can't let condemnation come in because that'll keep you from dreaming big. That'll keep you from dreaming high. If you think you're not good enough, you think, you know, well, I came from this kind of family or I don't have the education or I'm not smart enough or I don't have enough money. Listen, God didn't say you have to have money. God didn't say you have to have an education. God didn't say you have to be perfect for him to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could even ask or think. He said he's going to do that according to the power that's working in you. There's a power that's working in you. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Amen. So it's going to take faith. It's going to take us believing, even maybe saying it once in a while to yourself in the mirror. God, you love me. God, you want to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could even ask or think. You want to do things even beyond my highest dreams. How many of you have dreams? You should have dreams. You should have big dreams. Dream bigger, says the Lord. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Has he spoken? Will he not make it good? When God tells you something, just like we read in Ephesians 3.20, that's from Paul, 
Paul wrote this, inspired by God. That's not a lie. It's the truth. It's the truth. We have to expect him to do more than we could ask or think. We have to expect supernatural things to happen for us. When we go into a store, when we go apply for a job, when God starts stirring us up about a business, we ought to expect high things to happen. Not, well, you know, it's just me. No, no, no. Who lives in you? If you're born again and you've asked Jesus into your heart, God lives in you. Amen. His power is working. So nothing is impossible for God. He is not a liar. God tells the truth. When you read anything from his word, it is truth. I can count on it. I can bank on it. Amen. It's not a lie. So I'm not, I'm not going to let the devil try and sway me and tell me, well, that's not possible for you. Yes, it is possible because according to the word, it says it right there. He's going to do exceedingly abundantly beyond my highest dreams. And I'm going to dream bigger. Say dream bigger. And the Lord said, you think too small. This is what he told me. So I'm thinking, well, if he told me, it's probably for all of us. <laughs> you think too small. You think too small. I'm going to get this little piece of property. You think too small. I'm going to have this little. Now, if that's what you want, that's you do what you want, right? But like, you know how when you see something really big, you know, it's like when I was a kid and we would go into the ice cream shop. You know what I wanted to get? I wanted the banana split. Give me the big banana split. I couldn't get the banana split. It was too big. It's too much. Mm, the one scooper. <laughs> but I still got my ice cream. But it's like that. You look at something. God longs to give you the things you desire. He does. He longs to do it. He wants to do it. But if we don't believe, if God says, here's the banana split. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not worthy. I'm a worm. I'm a worm in the dust. I, you know, I can barely read. I don't even have, you know, I don't have enough money. And I was mean to my wife yesterday. I, I don't deserve it. Do we deserve what God has provided for us? He made us deserving. So we do deserve it. Now, we don't walk around saying, I deserve that. I deserve that. You know, that's a whole other attitude. But he made us worthy. He made us worthy. Amen. So big things happen here. So with God, all things are possible. The job you want, the business you want, the spouse you want, the wisdom you need, the miracles you need to see. Come on. The peace you need. The prosperity you need. What about those loving relationships that you desire? He wants to give those to you. What about the car you want? Maybe you want to go on vacation. Well, you know, I can't go on vacation. Why not? God can bring you the money or the favor. Amen. Praise the Lord. He wants to do those things for you. He wants to do those higher than we could even ask, think, or dream for us. But we have to believe it. Because if we don't believe that he wants to do those things for us, guess what? We'll never reach for them. We'll never reach for them. And we have to believe that he wants those things for us. And when we believe something, then we'll go and reach for it, right? Just like your kids, they know. I don't know if you have rules in your house. Some people do or don't about the refrigerator. Pastor Marcus can go into his mom and dad's house anytime he wants. 
he talks about this, and go open up the refrigerator. He knows he can go reach for whatever he wants. There's nothing hindering him. But if his mom came and said, hey, don't go into my refrigerator, then he'd probably go, oh, shy away from it. See, the enemy wants you to shy away from everything God has for you. But God wants you to open the refrigerator and go, go get it. What do you want? Go get it. I want to bless you. I love you. Why are you, why are you waiting there? Just waiting, waiting for, for, for permission. Just waiting. I'm just waiting. God's like, it's yours. Go take it. Go take it. Amen. God brought us out of this barely getting by alley. We have to get rid of that mentality. Well, if I just make it through the month, I have more month than I do money. So you got to be careful what you say about your money, about who your source is, where your supply comes from, right? God is the God of abundance. Amen. There's no shortage in heaven. I don't care. Now, I'm telling you this because you don't know. We, we never know. The economy goes up. The economy goes down, right? But this is what the Lord had me share with you tonight. There's no shortage in heaven. It doesn't matter what your bank account says. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what your checkbook or wallet the numbers are. Doesn't matter what your friends say or what the news says. Our supply comes from heaven. Doesn't matter how many customers you have or don't have for the day. Where does your supply come from? Heaven. Philippians 4.19. Let's look there. Hallelujah. Say, my supply comes from heaven. Philippians 4.19. Now, I know you all know this, but it's just good to put it in front of your eyes. Amen. Philippians 4.19. Say amen when you get there. But my God shall supply all your need according to your bank account, according to what's in your savings, according to your job, according to what you have planned. No, he shall supply all your need according to his riches, his riches, his riches, not your riches, according to his riches. Oh, I think God must be rich. God is not poor. He has got riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. There are riches. Now, the BBE says he will give you all you have need of from the wealth of his glory. The message says you can be sure God will take care of everything you need. The J.B. Phillips says he will supply all you need from his glorious resources in Christ. God is our source. God is our source. So we have to make sure that we're always looking to Jesus, never to the economy, Never to what we're doing right now. Now, be faithful in your job because God will promote you. He'll he'll put you in positions if you're faithful, if you show up early, if you do more than what is expected, you will have favor. It's just the, that's how it works, just the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Now, I want us to look at the um, Israelites. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 12. The Israelites, when they uh, were brought out of Egypt, um, they did not leave empty-handed. God does not want us to be empty-handed. Now, Exodus chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 33. Um, This is when the angel of death came 
Um, it killed all the Egyptians firstborn, but God's people were untouched. Why? They put the blood over the over their doorway, right? There's always a difference between God's people and the world. God, God always makes a, he discriminates. I'm not saying he's a, <laughs> it's not the right, right word. Uh, there is a difference in the blessing. The people of God are blessed when they're obedient. The people of the world, they don't experience the same blessing because they're not under that umbrella of blessing of the Lord because they haven't made Jesus their Lord. Right? So Exodus chapter 12, verse 33. So they wanted the uh, Israelites, who were their slaves, to get out of their land. Get out of our land. All of our firstborn just died, and we know it was your God who did it. And so uh, verse 33, Exodus 12, The Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We shall all be dead. So the people, so the Israelites, took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, they asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. The Amplified says they stripped them. So when they left, they had silver, they had gold, and they plundered the Egyptians. That means they did not leave empty-handed. Now, I'm reading this because the Bible says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Yes. There are some homes that are laid up for you. Yes. There are some properties that are laid up for you. Amen. There's some people building things. Maybe it's a business. I don't know. That's, they think they're building it for themselves, mm -hmm. but they're building it for God's people. Amen. Because there, there is, and I believe it's already begun, Sophia, there is a wealth transfer that is due us, according to this word right here, the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Because God does not want people who are not serving him to have the best. Mm -hmm. He wants his people to have the best. That's right. And he loves us so much, he's going to have somebody else prepare it for us. Yes. They yes. think they're building it for themselves, but really they're getting it ready for you. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so um, it's time for us to be owners. See, the Egyptians, they had all the silver, gold. They thought it was for them. But really, God was giving it to them. So when the Israelites left, they would take it. Uh -huh. And they just gave it over. Now, I love what it says in that, uh, I think it's verse 36. The Lord gave the people favor. Mm -hmm. See what favor does? It caused man, men to give them things when they came and asked. Praise the Lord. The Lord said, go ask for it. I mean, how, how would you go? Hey, could I ask your silver and gold? And, you know, and the people be like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Everything I've worked hard for, you can have. Like, that's not natural. That's supernatural. That's a miracle. That's beyond your highest dreams. See, God will put things into other people's hands. So when it's time to be transferred, it'll be transferred into your hands. It'll be transferred into your family. But you have to expect it. You have to expect it. Amen? Uh, you can write that verse down, Proverbs 13, 22. Why don't we look there? Proverbs 13, 22. Just so you can see that what I'm saying is the truth. Proverbs 13, 
verse 22. Praise the Lord. God wants us to be owners, business owners, land owners, church owner, homeowners, landlords. That's what we're called to be. Why do we always think of ourselves as employees? I'm the employee. Now, you're an employee, learn from it. Grow in that. I'm not saying, like, I'm going to quit my job. And you've got to be spirit-led, right? you got to be spirit-led. But we have to stop thinking of ourselves. Well, I'm the employee. I'm a borrower. Um, this is all I'll ever have. I'm always going to be a renter, never an owner. Um, I don't have enough. I'm always going to be a person who barely gets by. We have to get rid of that mentality and break it off. You can only do that with the word, by hearing the word, by hearing what does the word say? Oh, my God shall supply all my needs. Oh, the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. Oh, I have favor with God and man. The favor of God surrounds me like a shield. I'm going to be like the Israelites, silver and gold. I'm going to leave not one feeble among my family, right? So Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for who? The just. just. Who's it stored up for? Who's the just? You. If you've asked Jesus into your heart, you're going to see things being transferred into people's hands. You're going to see equipment. You're going to see buildings. You're going to see businesses. I said you're going to see businesses transferred. You should expect it. Now, I'm not saying... That you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I just want to free, free this or free that. Well, you don't have this mentality. It's, I just want to free this or free that. Right. That's a welfare mentality, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we're willing to uh, pay. God shows us a home. That's it. We're willing to pay for it, right? Yeah. But there are going to be supernatural transfers where things will be transferred into our hands. Yeah. Supernaturally. Supernaturally. And they won't even know why they're giving it to you but they're just going to give it to you. But we know it's because the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. The wealth of the sinner, do you want it? It belongs to you. belongs to us. It's part of our inheritance. Do we ever think about that? I think we ought to think about it more. Amen? Um, It's time for God's people to take dominion on this earth, to walk like God, talk like God, act like God, and here's one, get God's results. A supernatural, supernatural life where we have miracles, we have favor, we have prosperity. It's easy for us. It's not a hard thing. It doesn't matter where we live. Prosperity is ours. No shortage. Say no shortage. Um, And we should expect it daily. Daily we ought to expect God's favor. Daily we ought to expect something good is going to happen to me today. Something good's going to happen to my husband at work today. Something good's going to happen to my kids at school today. Something good's going to happen even while I'm asleep. God is working on that business. God's bringing all the customers. God may even give me a divine idea. I expect these things. See, God wants to give us divine ideas. He wants to put things into our hands, money into our hands. Why? So we can build his kingdom on earth. It's not to consume on ourselves. It's so we have enough, but so we can be a blessing to others. Say, a blessing to others. others. Wouldn't you like to go take somebody some groceries, pay for someone's youth trip, uh, buy somebody some new tires, 
I'm not looking for a handout blessing. I want to be the blessing. I want to be the one with the cash to say, let me buy. Oh, I see a soldier. I see a, a someone in the armed forces at the table over there at dinner with all his family. I'm going to go to the waitress. Hey, I'm paying for that whole table. I'm going to honor them. Don't tell them, but I'm paying for that whole table. Right? That's, that's beyond. That's how we ought to be thinking. Amen. Um, let's look at uh, Exodus 1, verse 21. Now, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures of how God provides supernatural supply. Exodus 1, 21. So um, there were midwives, and they were um, told by the king, kill all the Israelite babies. Don't let them give birth to the babies. But the, Isra- the midwives, it says they feared God. When the Bible says someone feared God, it means they reverenced God. Say reverenced God. Okay? So that means they have a, a respect for God. That means they obey God. So the, the midwives, it says in Exodus one twenty one. so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So here are the midwives. They're going into other households delivering babies. They're not getting rid of the babies as the king asked them to do, but they're protecting those babies. And God blessed them. I'm assuming they had no household before that. They were midwives with a household, and the Amplified says household and families because they reverenced God. What's a household? A home? A maid? Someone to take care of your lawn? I don't know. What's a household to you? God provided them with households, with homes, because they reverenced God. There is a, a, there is a blessing. There is beyond your highest dreams when you reverence God and obey him. Now let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Wouldn't you like to have a household? Do you know how many? I was reading and I was thinking, look at all these women of the Bible that had maids. When they got married, they took their maids with them. Okay, so they had maids when they were teenagers, Rebecca. I'm like, okay, I'm way behind here. I'm way behind. Lord, I need some maids. I got to take care of this house, right? I mean, what? they had them then. Why can't we have a maid? I didn't say slave. I said a maid, someone you pay. You pay good to do work so you can do other things, so you can build the kingdom, so you can do things for the church, so you can serve. That is it right there. That's what it's for. Not just to say, well, you know, I've got a maid. I've got a house cleaner. No, it's like i got a maid there to able to do this so I can go work on church stuff or I can go be a blessing to somebody. Provided households for them. Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. So it shall be. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is what he's telling the Israelites. He's going to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Houses full of all things, good things, which you did not fill. Hewn out wells which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. Amen. That's what God will do for you. He'll give you houses you didn't build. He'll give you olive trees. If you want an orchard, he'll give you an, an orchard that you didn't even plant. Hallelujah. If, 
and he'll even put the well on it. It says right here, he's going to give you a well. You won't even have to dig the well. Wouldn't that be awesome? Come on, and he'll fill your house with good things. Who's going to fill your house? God will. How's he going to do that? I don't know. I don't have to worry about how he's going to fill my house. I don't have to worry about how he's going to give me a house. I just know this is what his word says. Well, I love the first part. He's going to give us large and beautiful cities, which we didn't build. I automatically thought, that's commercial property. <laughs> I'd like some commercial property. Why can't we have commercial property? Why can't we if we, if we want it? Maybe we don't want it, but why do we always just think, well, you know, I got my house. Why not dream bigger? Think bigger. There's a lot of people around Porterville, and you know what they do? They go around, they buy up all the land. Why can't we go around and buy up all the land? Why not us? Why not you? If you want it. You want to be a landowner? We are living in ag farmland here. We've got, we've got land all around. We're not in New York City. It's not hard to see land that's available. It's everywhere. Why not us? I, hey, I'm, that's me, Lord. I take it. Now, I want you to write this down. Bill Winston said this. You won't know how to get it until you go get it. Just write it down because I just had to read that a couple times as I was listening to him. You won't know how to get it until you go get it. What does that mean? You're not going to know what to do until you make the steps to go for that house, to go for that job, to go for that property. Oftentimes, it's the things that we don't know that hold us back. Well, I don't know what to do. So then we don't do anything right we've all been there maybe we're there right now but here's a word i know this is from the lord for all of us remember i said there's a shifting taking place there's a shifting since we prayed there's a shifting you won't know how to get it until you go get it that's when the strategies come when you reach for what god has put in your heart when you make movement when you go to get that business when you make movement to get that home when you do everything you can the strategies will come when you get off the couch and stop thinking that you're less than you're not less than you are a child of the most high God you are God's precious child he wants to do more for us beyond our highest dreams and I said Lord I got and we got to dream bigger we got to dream bigger amen so I want us to remember this enjoy the process of faith faith is an adventure the Lord said this to me Faith is an adventure. I said, yes, Lord. And then he said this to me today. Faith is my middle, or he said, adventure is my middle name. And I started, I started laughing. I go, that's funny, Lord. Adventure is my middle name. Well, later on this evening, I was reviewing my notes from Bill Winston when he preached at camp meeting. And he said this, real faith people are adventurous. What does that mean? They're going to make a movement. They're not going to be afraid of taking that step. Why? Because God's backing them up. They're going to make movement. Amen? If we aren't on a faith journey or a faith adventure, then our faith is idle. It's, we all have a measure of faith. The Bible says we all have a measure of faith. But if we don't make movement, it's just sitting there, and we're not putting it to work. And it's doing nothing when it could be doing something say it's doing nothing when it could be doing something um i'm reminded of this 
when Bill Winston ministered, I'm going to skip all my notes here and go to this. He taught on um, faith. He said, God's going to lead you into a project that doesn't make sense. Um, he said, you don't need money to get what you're believing God for. You just need faith. Do you remember what he said? Faith is the master key. Mm -hmm. yeah. Faith is, I'm sorry, the first thing he said is faith is the currency. Too often, we don't make movement because we don't have the money. We don't take a step. Go fill out an application. Call the company. Call the realtor. Call, I mean, poor Pedro, I'm sorry you're our realtor. I'm like, Pedro! I want to go see these. <laughs> Peter's like, Pastor, they can't see it. Too long. Okay, okay, fine. We'll go see these then. Show me the land. Show me. Because, see, God wants us to have properties. That's okay, Pedro. It's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. That's right. And because, because you've been such a blessing to your pastors, God's going to add more. Just so you know, you're sowing seed. Praise the Lord. It's the truth. Just want you to know that was by the Spirit, so expect it. Um, so we have to enjoy the process of faith. We have to be like, okay, I'm starting this adventure, and I'm not going to grow weary. Because, you know, a lot of times we get really excited about the business. I'm going to start this business. It's going to be awesome. And then like a year and a half later, like, man, this is what I thought. You know, what I thought I was going to have all these customers, and I thought I was going to be making more money. Listen, if God told you to do it, he's your business partner. You talk to him about it. He'll show you, right? But if you're believing things for like a home, you're believing God for um, whatever you're believing God for, don't grow weary in well-doing. You will reap. Uh, Hebrews 6:12 says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It takes patience along with your faith. So when you make movement and things don't happen right away, that's okay. You're praising God. I thank you, Father, for that property. I thank you, Father, for my healing. I thank you, Father, for that miracle of my child. I thank you, Father. Oh, it's, it's getting done. I thank you, Father. It's already done in the spirit. I See, you thank him for it while you're waiting. That's how you stay patient. That's how your faith and patience work together. You're, like, you're not like, God, it's never going to happen. I've been waiting so long. Or when is it ever going to happen? See, that's not being patient. Patience is and your faith work together. You got to have the faith. You got to believe. Don't let go of your believing. Don't let doubt and unbelief come through the door of your home or come through your, the door of your mind and say, hasn't happened yet. How long you been believing? You're not, not, no, no, devil, you're a liar. I can outlast you any old day, anytime, because you're a loser. Some of you need to look at the devil and say, you're a loser. And I'm a winner. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yes! Right here, Pastor Kim. Winning! <laughs> That's what we do in this family. That's what we do in this church. We win. We win all the time. Why? Because God's on our side. We got to be excited. God's on our side. Just tell the devil what a loser he is. He starts talking to you, telling you you're not going to make it, telling you the situation's getting worse. Devil, you're a loser. And I'm a winner. So ha, ha, ha. You got to tell him to his face. There's, there's the only one person you can bully around. It's the devil. So get real good at it. Because if you don't bully him around, he's going to bully you around. He's going to take your lunch. He's going to take your favorite thermos. 
He's going to eat it all. He's going to come back for more. Yeah, come on. He will. He'll eat you alive. But he has no power. The only reason he does that is because we give him. All right, here's my lunch. Take my thermos too, even though it's my favorite. Uh-huh. Right? Don't be, you tell him, no, you're the loser. I'm the winner. That's right. And I can outlast you. Right. I'm backed by the blood of Jesus. Wow. I'm backed by the name of Jesus. Yes. I'm backed by all of heaven. I'm a tither. I'm a right. giver. I've got favor. The blessings of the Lord are on me and my family. Right. So guess what, devil? Can't touch us. Can't touch us. Can't touch us. Yeah. Love that song. Can't touch us. Can't touch me. You need to tell the devil, you can't touch me. You got to tell him. If you don't tell him, he'll touch your stuff. He'll touch your kids. He'll touch right. your finances. Yeah. You've got to open your mouth. That's right. how your faith is activated. Yes. You open your mouth and you tell him. Right. Can't touch me or my stuff. Can't touch us. Amen. Amen. So. Owners, properties, landlords, homes, commercial if you want it, orchards, olive trees, I don't know, nuts, what do you want? Animals, farms, I don't know. It's all here in the valley, right here. Guess what? Dairy? Money. (laughs) Now, let's look at, um, I want to look at this scripture before we close. Um... Let's look at uh, Amos 9.13. So, the foundation of prosperity, obviously. You hold fast to your confession of faith. You stay in faith, right? You hear the word. You do the word, right? Um, But when times get tough, we don't stop doing the word. We never change. Why do we never change? Because the word never changes. When God says, love never fails guess what love never fails when god says to tithe and the windows of heaven will be open guess what we tithe and the windows of heaven are open his word does not change when god says you you give and you'll have a a surplus of prosperity or you're obedient you'll have a surplus guess what we obey when he says if you'll be willing and obedient you'll eat the good of the land guess what we're willing and obedient we eat the good of the land God's word does not change for us, for our circumstances, for what we might mentally try and get out of it. I'm going to tell you something. Don't read the Bible trying to figure, wonder what this really means. No, the Bible says uh, if we're willing and obedient, we'll we'll eat the good of the land. That's what it really means. If I'm willing and obedient, I'm going to eat the good of the land. I don't have to try and delve into what is God really trying to say, because that's when people get messed up. Right? So did I tell you to go to Amos 9.13? Amos 9.13. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper. That means you're going to sow, you're going to plow the field, and all of a sudden it's going to be time to reap. Yes, yes. And the treader of grapes of him who sows seed. In other words, you're going to sow the seed. Now all of a sudden the grapes are there. It's time to, have you ever seen that uh, uh, show with I Love Lucy and she's stomping on the grapes? Well, what, how did the grapes come? Someone had to sow seed first, yeah. then they had to grow in the heat, then they had to do whatever, right? But the Bible says the time's coming when the plowman will overtake the reaper. That means they'll, overtake the, they'll start sowing, and boom, it's time to reap. Uh, the one who treads the grapes will overtake the one who just sowed the seed. 
In other words, you're going to sow and you're going to reap. You're going to sow and you're going to reap. It's going to be sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. Amen? So don't ever stop sowing because that is the kingdom of God. Those are the principles in God's kingdom are based on sowing and reaping. Whether it's your words you sow, whether it's your money you sow, whether it's your time you sow, we always are sowers. We are always sowers. Amen. Deuteronomy 28, 11. Let's read this. Praise the Lord. So we keep on doing what God told us to do. We don't quit on God. Amen. We don't quit doing what we know to do. Amen. We don't quit doing the word. Why? God never quit on me. God never quit on you. He never quit on you. He's, he's always knocking at the door of your heart. He's always looking from heaven, watching over you. He's... He's drawing you. The, Holy, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is drawing you to him. He never quits on us. So we should never quit on people. We keep praying for them. And we should never quit doing the word. No matter what is said. We always follow the word. Deuteronomy 28, 11, And the Lord will make you have a surplus. Say a surplus. Of what? Of prosperity or of wealth. This is the Amplified I'm reading. A surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body, of your livestock, of your ground, and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. He will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain of your land in its season and to bless, say, bless all the works of my hand. And it goes on to say, um, when we obey his commandments. God wants us to have a surplus of prosperity. He's got a surplus. Heaven is stocked with everything we need. We just call for it. Thank you, Father. My cupboards are full. Thank you, Father, for that job. Thank you, Father. Every bill is paid. Thank you, Father, that my bills are paid on time. Thank you, Father. I'm debt free. Pastor, how long do I have to say that? You keep saying it and saying it and saying it until all the debts are paid. You keep saying it and saying it until you get to the place where, hey, my bills are paid all the time, on time, all the time. Thank you, Father. I have more than enough. I love what one minister, he said. He said, I was living in a trailer home. I don't even know if it was a double wide. I think it was a single wide. He had shaggy, shaggy carpet. Just imagine. And he grew up in the projects. And he said, I would walk that mobile home. And I would say, I'll never be poor another day in my life. When he was poor. He said it when he was poor. Just like we tell people, if you have an addiction, you say, I am free. I don't care if you're in the middle of smoking a cigarette. I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. I'm free. You, you keep your words in line with what God says. I am free. And one day, it'll be nothing to you. You'll be free. It's the same thing with prosperity. I will never be poor another day in my life. I will never be poor another day in my life. God made me rich. God blessed me. I have favor. The blessings of the Lord overtake me. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm obedient. The windows of heaven are open. He pours out blessings abundantly. Amen. He's doing exceedingly abundantly beyond all I could even ask or think. Beyond my highest dreams. Beyond your highest dreams, I want you to remember this. Faith is your currency. Don't be moved by money, whether you have it or you don't. You just make movement. 
I love what our pastor says. Do all that you can without the money. Don't wait for the money to show up. If you have in your heart, I want to get a house, start making movement. I remember when Pastor Marcus and I wanted a house. We didn't have the money. Matter of fact, we were probably behind in some things. And I said, the Lord said, okay, start packing your house. Get rid of all the, get rid of all the pictures of the kids, you know, get it ready to show. This was like five years before we ever even got into a house. God will prepare you in advance, but you have to make movement. What would I do if I was moving out of my house? I'd start packing it up. I'd start getting it ready. Then he, and then Pastor Marcus had to go around and fix some things. Why? This is what we would do if we were, get, were we ready to sell the house? No, we weren't ready. Like we didn't have the money, we didn't have the finances, but we did all we could do with no money. Amen? So don't get stuck on money. God wants you to dream bigger, dream higher. Everybody, no, the world out there shouldn't own everything. You should. You should have the best business. We should have the best church. I drive by that, what is that, the jail, the new county? What's that called? Superior Court. Superior Court. My goodness, I look at that building. (laughs) That is a beautiful building. Criminals. That's a beautiful building for the world. (laughs) Churches. Our church should be just as beautiful. It should be. Uh We should have a beautiful church like that. Why not us? We got to dream bigger. Dream higher. Amen. Amen. That doesn't mean you're like, I'm throwing away this, this cruddy Toyota Camry 1998. Forget this. You know, no, take care of what you have now. Wash it. Vacuum it. For the love of your children, throw the trash. Get rid of those fries that are down on the, you know, they've been there for like, you know, three months. Get rid of the fries. You know, get rid of the McDonald's bag that's like thrown in the back. Like, keep your car clean. What would you, well, you know, if I had a new car, I wouldn't treat it like this. I don't know about that. You probably will. So God will honor you when you start taking care of the things you already have, whether you like it or not. Right? That's what we do here. This isn't even our our building. We're going to take care of it. The guys come in. They they wash the windows. Pedro, they wash the windows. Uh, we keep it clean. Tom will come in and do the floors. They do the bathrooms. This isn't our building. What are we doing? We're showing God. We're faithful with what you've given us. So we're going to take care of it. When you're working for your employer, be faithful with what God's put in your hands. And then he'll promote you because he'll see that you're faithful with another man's. And when you're faithful with another man's, he'll give you your own. Woo! Hallelujah. He wants to give us our own. Amen. 